Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality they make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th Wartime Diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating Wartime Diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. An oven just like tossed on the side of the yard, completely burned. Pillow, somebody's pillow. Um, There's a washing machine and what seems to be like a chanukia. Okay, what's the single thing you miss most about the kibbutz? Uh, Wow. You know what? Is there something I really miss? It's to eat dinner, salad and cottage and uh, fried egg at my home. Just normal evening, sitting on the couch, watching TV, having a space that we all can spend together. To be normal, to feel family, to feel family. Now we are like five family members that live in three hotels room it's really hard Um, a barbecue tons of like wires and wood and parts of that make a house you 
can still tell that it was paradise. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So the war has been going on for over three months now, and many of us have settled into some sort of new normal. I mean, there's obviously fighting and violence, the hostages, the casualties, and a never-ending stream of bad news. And then there's also everyday life, that in some altered way, continues. At least that's the case for most of us. But there are hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even more, whose lives have been entirely upended. People for whom nothing is normal. Hugo Uri Volach of Kibbutz Be'eri is one of them. See everything about his life. His job, his friends, his family, his parenting style, everything changed on October 7th. Uri, who's actually our producer Adina Karpuch's relative, spent more than 20 hours that day hiding with his wife and daughters in the Mamad, the safe room. They were evacuated to a Dead Sea hotel in the early hours of October 8th, and have been there ever since. But last week, Adina and our producer Mitch Ginsberg joined him as he returned to Beri for a rare and eerie visit to his own home. Here he is. So, welcome to Beri, welcome to my home. You know, Beri is the, the place that I feel like my daughters can go anytime, 24-7, by themselves, with the bicycles. Um, we feel very secure here, although we live very close to Gaza, less than five kilometers. Uh, I used to run three or four times a week to Gaza direction west. We always uh, describe Beirut like 99% heaven and 1% hell. And now it's like really hell. But uh, we know that one day we will be back here. Home sweet home, so welcome home. We're walking along what seems to be tank treads that cut through the grass. This is the house of friends of mine, good friends of us. And now we are in a neighborhood that's been completely destroyed. Everything is in shambles and burnt. And the Shikmim neighborhood? I don't know. I'm trying to think who survived, but so many died over there. So many murders, murders, and not died. I'm looking at the back of someone's house, um, but it was so badly burned that I can see through it. There are no walls. Everything is black and ash. You can see where that someone had a beautiful view out their window whenever they watched dishes. Someone used to have a really nice swing. It's now completely burnt. There's two soccer balls. Someone's two kilo workout dumbbell. Remnants of a life.
I, I live in the center of the kibbutz. And my, my house, the enter of my house is a bit hidden. And you can see my neighbor still has his uh, sukkah. And you know what? You can come back and pass over. And I guess the sukkah to still be here because we won't be here. We still are in the 7th of October. We are still there. Well, let's go to my house. Yeah, let's sit down. Can we do it maybe in the moment? Good. So we should start. If you could introduce yourself. Uh, well, my name is Hugo Volach. And when I was five years old, almost five years old, my father passed away in Argentina from cancer. So my mother decided she does not stay there. And she took us. We were five kids. And we, she moved to Jerusalem. We were in Argentina. We were in a high-level uh, way of living. And we got, got to the Merkaz Klita in the immigration center in Gilo in Jerusalem. And it's like 180 degrees difference. You know, my mother told me that Hugo is not a popular name. And since then, everybody knows me as Uri. But Jerusalem wasn't good for me. And I knew that I must escape and run away from it. And I found Beriza home. I'm Kibbutz Beri member. I live here with Shani, my wife, and my th- our three daughters, Tamar, 15, Yael, 14, and Ella, 11 years old. And we live in the best place ever. Um, can you tell us where you were on October 6th? Well, actually, two days before we came back, me and Yael, my daughter, we came back from Sinai. And when we unpacked the, the, the bags, we stopped for a moment and I told her, you know, look around. Everything is great. The green, the view from the, our windows is so beautiful and our, our house is great and our family is healthy and I have a great job and I have so much uh, significant in what I do. I felt like so lucky and so thankful. It was, wow, I'm, I'm the richest man in the world, you know. And, you know, October 6th is the day that the kibbutz was established, so it's like the birth of the kibbutz. It was a huge celebration. And we went to sleep, feeling grateful. I woke up early, had an espresso, organizing my thoughts, going to run or not. And suddenly I started to hear the bombs. And we got into the safe room. So uh, Tamar, Yael, and Ella were lying in the same bed. Can you imagine three teenagers? In another day, they would fight or, or argue, but they stayed quiet for during all the 20 hours that we've been in the safe room. I also have, I have a 15-year-old girl and I have a 13-year-old girl. And I remember being in situations a million times less scary than what you experienced, but trying to, like, 
distract? Did you try and like take this Catan game no, or anything? Anything? Myself, or, it, it was impossible. There was no way. No, no way, no way. Because you know, in, you, in the WhatsApp, you people are screaming for help. People are dying. People are shooting. Do you think I can take and cards and play cards? You know, how could I take the cell phone from the fourteen? You know, the fifteen years old Tamar will fall asleep. But yeah, she was with us she, with her teenagers groups. They were asking for help as well. Friends of her were asking. They are here. They are here. And those friends of her that were asking for help were murdered. Do you think I can take cotton? You know, Tamar will allow her to walk around the kibbutz and return until 1 a.m. She returned that morning at half past five. I didn't know that. A friend of her was... He was shot early. I don't know, it was 11 or something like that. Half past 10 that he was shot. And until five or six in the evening, he was still alive. I think he died only at ten. He could have been saved. He should have been saved. His mother was murdered, and he was urgent. And his 12 years old um, sister took her father's phone in our groups, whispering, please come to us. I'm at my house. And describing my mother died. And my brother is urgent, please come. Why nobody's coming? Why nobody's coming? And that feeling, I, I, I can't describe it. I, I remember I, I started to chat with her in private to, to, you know, to, to, tell, to give him a bit, a bit of force. What can I tell her? There's nobody around. What can I say to her that's going to give her hope? Uh, People asking for help. Someone said, my daughter died. People that said that, uh, please come, please come to us, please come to us, that don't answer anymore in the WhatsApp, so you can understand, murdered or kidnapped. Can you tell us about leaving? What was 3 a.m. like? And walking through the street of the kibbutz, seeing fires, houses burning, cars burning. Lucky I forgot the glasses because I wouldn't see dead bodies that my daughters were. When she told me, well, we got 5 a.m. to the Dead Sea, immediately get rooms. We didn't know at that moment who were murdered, who were kidnapped. The first week it was really hard, and then it was harder than that. It's a very good hotel and a great crew that are doing their best, but this is not fun being evacuated from home. This is terrible. You know, it's really hard to live in the hotel. We don't have privacy, uh, we don't have a, a comfort zone, like a living room, and we don't have a place that we can sit as a family. And we know with teenagers, it's even harder that... And it's, it's breaking our family. It's breaking lots of families. Can you talk a bit about your 
your daughters and how they're doing mental health-wise? Wow. You know, my daughters, they're too young. Tamar, uh... Wow, it's really hard. It's really hard to talk I don't know, it's too much for me. Um, how do you parent during this time? Are you more compassionate with them or strict? I feel that my parental authorities were damaged. My uh, opportunities to put borders into their... They need the borders from me. They're asking it from me. But it's really, really hard for me to, to give it because we don't live in the same area. We have different rooms. So if I ask her to come at one, now in the hotel, for example, it doesn't have any meaning. I cannot do anything about it. I won't know. You know, Tamar, until October 6th, me as a parent, if I say something, we can discuss about it, we can argue about it, we can have conditions, but after all, it will be happened. And now not. Now it's not. Now she, like, it's like a role switch, yeah. Like, she she controls more. And it scares us. It scares, it scares her. I think it's not, it's not normal. It's not good. It's not healthy. But we can't take the control back. It's re- we are really struggling in it. Why? Why does she have more control now? What, what gave her more control? Because she was, she is in a condition that we want to be empathy to the condition. If you don't want to wake up to school, okay. Find yourself another activity that will be meaningful for you. And and go and work. They don't feel like they can go and sit in the classroom now. You know, a lot of families feel that it is better for them to leave the hotel and to rent uh, an apartment until the next stage. But we are trying to hear our daughters. Tamar in the end once asked to be among her friends. And we asked them, okay, so in weekends, at least, let's go to Airbnbs or to families and at least be together. And it's hard as well. Because, you know, Tamar, she'd rather to stay with her friends. And, uh, you know, the last Saturday, it was a great Saturday, we'd be in Jerusalem. Uh, staying with Adina's family and I woke up Saturday morning it was a winter Saturday drinking tea reading the newspaper sitting on the couch was so normal I cannot explain how that small thing made me happy made me feel like wow you know that's just a little thing so here, how does it feel when you walk in? Does it smell like home still? Does it feel like home still? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't. You no, know, it doesn't feel like. I don't know. I don't know how to. Don't. It's complicated. Sometimes I can feel it is uh, possible to me. Okay, I can come, clean the dust, replace the sheets, 
and uh, put the fridge into the electricity and yalla, let's go back. But then I think again and we see ourselves coming back to Berry. We want to come, it's our home. And, but we hope that the government and the army will finish the job once and for all, that there won't be more attacks from Gaza. We just want a peaceful life. Uh, you know, Barry is a community. Barry is a home. And it still is. It is. Barry is in Utopia. It is a great place to live in. And it will be again. Thank you. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.